Praise be to God. We're going to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 17 onwards. Luke chapter 5 from verse 17 onwards. Should we close our eyes and please pray this prayer after me? Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord, I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to read from... Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to read from verse 17 onwards. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose up, He rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Praise be to God. Now we see here in Luke chapter 5, from verse 17 onwards, that there is a big miracle that is taking place. Uh, this is something that we need to um, really pay attention to what the Spirit of God is um, speaking to our hearts today about how to receive your miracles. You know, miracles are from heaven. Miracles are extraordinary workings of God in the life of mankind, in, in the natural realm. Extraordinary, supernatural works of God in the lives of mortal men. So when you look at divine intervention from the realm of God to the realm of man taking place, we have to see what is God looking for? What is the right condition in order for a miracle to take place? What has to be there? What are the ingredients that are necessary in order for a miracle to take place. So now you may be looking for a miracle to happen in your own life. You may be looking for a miracle to happen in the lives of other people, your family members, your friends, or your co-workers, or, or other people that you may try to share the gospel with where you want to challenge them as to who Jesus is. So regardless of who the crowd is, this formula that we see in Luke 5 is a formula that is everywhere in the Bible. You can just see it all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The operation of God, the works of God, how God operates. You see God and you see his power. You see the channel. You see the plane 
where his work will take place, what is the prerequisite, and what will actually bring down heaven on earth in order for miracles to take place. These are the things that we need to understand. Miracles don't happen just like that because we all, you know, somehow think that I believe, I believe, I believe, so miracles will happen. No, it doesn't work that way. There are different factors that are there and all those must come together. All those must come together. So only when they come together will we have the miracle take place. See, when you have a phone that is built by a company, whether it's Google or whether it's Apple, doesn't matter. You have a gadget in front of you. You need to have everything that needs to be there. You can't just say, well, I have the plastic or I have the glass or I have this. I have the chip. I have letters. I have numbers. But you need everything to come together. And then after you have all these things, then you need to have such a thing called cellular connection or Wi-Fi that needs to be there if you need to operate that in order for that to be put to use. Otherwise, it can just stay as a gadget in your house, not usable. So you need all these things to, all these things to come together in order for that phone to work the way it was meant for it to work. You can have a computer like we had when was it? Last time, I believe, um, Saturday, when we had the fasting prayer, we were not able to use the computer because we didn't have the internet. Because we didn't have the internet, I had to use my phone. So we can have a computer, we can have a big screen, and we can have a fancy computer, and we can have a high-quality tech, technology, and we can have everything. But if you simply don't have the internet connection, it's not going to work. You can have the internet connection, but if you don't have the computer, it's not going to work. You can have the internet connection and you can have a computer, but you have a really slow computer, then it's not going to work. You can have a good computer, everything is fast, but if you have a slow internet, then you're going to have the video and the audio coming fuzzy and the audio is going to go, well, 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 slow down and you really can't get it. You can have your phone and you can even have the cellular, you know, connection available on your phone, but you go to a place where you don't have you know, the cellular tower. You don't have the connection that you need to have. How many of you have gone to a spot where you really can't talk to people? You'll be able to, huh? Huh? I can't hear. I can't hear. I can't hear. And then there's a dead zone. You really can't hear. So there are many factors that are there in order for even things on earth to work. You can just come and say, well, I believe this will work. And so it has to work. It doesn't work that way. No matter how much you believe, no matter how much faith you have that the cell phone will work, you go to a dead zone. It will not work. It won't work. You know why? Because the cellular connection that needs to be there, it's not there. You don't have a tower there. Or you go to a place, you know, a brick place where the connection can penetrate through, then you won't be able to get the reception that you need to get. So when you Think about these factors. You have to take to consideration everything that you need if you want to be able to have clear communication both ways, from your side and from the other side, whether it's Internet or it's the phone. When it comes to God, many people forget that. They think, I can make it work. It doesn't work. A lot of times people Take a, take one thing and they talk about it, which is, oh, we need to have the connection, we need to have the connection, we need to have the connection, but you know what? They don't have the connection. Or they'll say, we need to have the gadget, we need to have a good phone, good phone, good phone. Yeah, you can have all the good phones you want, but if you don't have the connection, it's no good. You need to have a good phone, but you also need to have a good connection. You need to have a good phone, but you also need to be in a place where there is good connection. These are the important factors that we must understand if we want to receive miracles from God Almighty. So I want to take you to Luke chapter 5, as the Holy Spirit wants me to. And we're going to carefully go verse by verse to see what the Spirit of God has for us today. So Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of Every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And you look at it, these Pharisees were not the friends of Jesus. 
They're always sitting there to nitpick on and they're always sitting to find fault and they're always sitting to see how we can trap Jesus. So you had people who sincerely came and you also had fault finders over there sitting there. Lots of people were there. And it's a, a, a pretty tense situation where you have the enemies of Jesus right there. And then you also have the people who are in need. You know, the most important thing that is happening here, I want to take you to this verse. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Pharisees are there. The teachers of the law are there. People in need are there. Guess who? The most important factor here is the power of the Lord was present there to heal. If the power of the Lord was not present there to heal, then none of the healings would have taken place. So the most important thing that needs to be there is the power of the Lord. The power of the Lord has to be there to heal. And when God does signs and wonders, it's a message that he sends to the Pharisees. It's a message that he sends to the teachers of the law. It's a message that he sends to the people who are in need. To the people who are in need, he says, I care about you. I know your situation and I'm here to help you. To the Pharisees and to the teachers of the Lord, to the fault finders, God says, I know why you're here. I'm going to prove myself as your God. You're here to find fault. I'm going to show you my power here. So miracles are there. The true, genuine miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ during his period and during our period are there to show God's compassion to those who are in need and also to show the power of God to those who know him, those who don't know him, and those who claim to know him. I want to repeat this. The genuine power of the Lord Jesus Christ at work now during our period and back then is to show God's compassion to those who are in need, to show God's power to those who know him, to those who don't know him and those who claim to know him. And those are the Pharisees. Those who claim to know him are the Pharisees. Those who don't know him are sinners. People don't know him. And those who know him are people of God. Now let's go here to verse 18. Then behold, men, brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. Now, when God is in a place, when God is working, if we need healing, we must be present to receive the healing. If you're taking notes, write this down because it is very important. If I need what God has to offer, then I must be where God is. If I need what God has to offer, then I must be where God is. When God is at work, he is at work in a big way. God never does tiny things. God does unique things. He does wonders beyond measure, the word of God says. So as we think about the workings of God, we must be present where God is. That's the first thing. We must be present where God is. Now, under being present where God is, there's a condition that is there that we have to look at. And this is where many people fail. They come to receive what God has. They come with a desire, but they also come with doubts in their hearts that they don't believe. I don't believe he can do it. Let's see if that guy gets healed. Let's see if that woman gets healed. And what do they do? They sit as a spectator. They sit to evaluate the preacher. They sit to evaluate the servants of God that God is using. And they're also trying to see, is that genuine miracle? Is it really happening? And in the process, what happens? They miss the miracles that God has for them. If you're coming for your own healing, make sure you're tuned in to what is happening. If you come to sit there and write a review, then you can do it. Now, your review is not going to affect God. It's not going to affect the servants of God. It's not going to affect what God is doing. It's not even going to affect anyone, period. You know why? Because God does his work. He's not doing his work to get a review from you. But he is doing his work because he has compassion on the people who are suffering and because he wants to show his power to those who know him, to those who don't know him and those who claim to know him. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. So the people who need to come to 
receive the healing that God, that God has for them must come to where he is. They must come to where he is. They can say, well, God knows I'm paralyzed and God knows I can't get up and go. And so I will stay home if Jesus has compassion on me. Let him come and heal me. I will pray here. Well, he is the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he is the father of this paralyzed man too, who is a Jew. So if God knows and God cares, why can't God hear me where I am? I will stay here and I will pray, oh God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I've been praying for 30, 35 years and 40 years and I'm praying the same thing over and over again. I know some fine morning you'll somehow come and heal me. And so I will stay here even if you sent Jesus of Nazareth right to my town. There are people like that. Guess what? They will die the way they are. No matter how long they prayed. You know why? God will say, I sent you Jesus of Nazareth right there. At a distance where you can go. You can have people take you and go. You can do whatever you want to. Whenever you want to. When it's important to you. Well, getting well if it's important to you. Then you will find a way to be where God is working. Because I sent Jesus to heal you. Now, once God has sent a means... To meet your ends. Then it is your job to get to the source of that. To draw what God has for you. You know there are people who may have money deposited in the bank. But they are too lazy to go to the ATM machine to take it out to withdraw it. They are too lazy to go to the bank to withdraw. What has been credited to the account by someone. Do you think that person will receive anything? No. They can just stay home and watch TV. They can just stay home and cry about it. They can just stay home and say, oh God, 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 help me. Oh, because poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. I don't know what to do. And look at this neighbor, he has this. Look at that woman, she has this. And look at all those people they has. Oh, why me, why me, why me, why me, why me? Should I go through this? You can sing a song with it. God will say, get up, get to the ATM and get your money there. Stop whining. This is who our God is. He has made the provision on the cross of Calvary. And he's given his fivefold ministry and ministers who have been appointed by God as gifts to the church. So that the body of Jesus may be edified. So that people can be healed, saved and delivered. And when God appoints his prophets, his pastors, his evangelists, his apostles and his teachers in the place where God has. And where God is working, at the time when we say, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, help me, and stay at home and say, I know you hear me, I don't need to go to church, I am church myself. Well, I don't know where they get those teachings from, gross error. At that point, you can see pride all over such people saying that, oh God, oh God, oh God, I don't need to do what you tell me, but I will do whatever I want to do because I will worship you the way I want to. That's the talk of Lucifer who says, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh, I love you with all my heart. God will say, you liar, stop it right now. If you really, really, really love God with all your hearts, mind, soul, and strength, you will look to see what God has prescribed in his word. Do you care about what God has said in his word? If you care about what God has said in his word, then you are going to take it seriously and you're going to do it. You're not going to run around and say, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, help me. And why am I not getting the help I need? When you, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, help them. And why? I hear a testimony here. I hear a testimony there. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Why should I suffer like this? Oh God, oh God, oh God. You can say that all your life. Never get what you need to get. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. The Spirit of God is speaking to this hour, to your heart at this hour. He is contending with your spirit at this hour. Take God seriously. Take God seriously. These people who brought this paralyzed man to Jesus Christ took the works of Jesus Christ seriously. They had faith. If you have faith, it'll show in your action, not just in your words. If you have faith, it'll show in your actions, not just in your words. A lot of people will talk and that's when God will see them 
in the last day where they say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, we did this and we did that. Well, you say so. Did God see it is the question. You can say, Lord, 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 I did this. And God will say, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, you liar. You didn't do it because that's not in my record. You see, what you say should be found in the record of God. If it's not found in the record of God, then you will be found a liar before God. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where we come from, what we claim to know, and how many scriptures we know, we say that we know. It's not going to stand before God. So our words will condemn us if our actions don't go with the words that we speak. I want to repeat this again. Our own words will condemn us if our actions don't go along with what we speak. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. When Jesus Christ, sent by God, he is kept in that location for a specific duration. It is our job to make it to where he is if we want to get healed, if we want to get delivered, if we want to be made whole, if we really want to hear the words of eternal life, if we really want to be blessed by his ministry, then we have to be where he is. Now, Jesus Christ the anointed one, carried the anointing of God upon himself. And that's why he was able to do all the miracles. Without the anointing of God, without the healing, delivering, saving anointing of God, these kinds of miracles won't take place. So Jesus Christ was there with the anointing of God. And that's why the Bible says the power of the Lord was present there to heal. That's what anointing is. Anointing is equals authority. I've taught this in the life training school. What is anointing? A lot of people, they don't know what anointing is. When somebody screams a little bit, oh, what anointing? When somebody cries, they say, oh, what anointing? They don't know what anointing is. Anointing equals authority. Authority to do what? Authority, authority over the powers of darkness, which equals sickness, which equals sin, which equals addiction, which equals all kinds of illnesses. That's what anointing is. Anything less than that, you can't call that. Anointing to do a specific thing. And the power of God that was present there to heal was the anointing of God that was there upon the anointed one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, the anointed one. Now he was there. And he is in that location. That means as long as he is there, whoever goes to him, they are going to get healed. They're going to get delivered. They're going to get saved because the Savior is here. The one who is anointed and anoints is here. He has been sent by God during a particular duration in a particular location for the blessing of the people there. God is speaking to our hearts today. When God is at work and he has sent his prophets like he told the rich man who was in hell, who looked at God and he said, Oh God, send Lazarus back to my brothers so that they don't have to come here and suffer like how I'm suffering. And God spoke there through Abraham. He said this, son, over there where the living people are. The prophets are there. Moses is there. And the prophets are there. If they don't listen to them, and they're not going to listen to a dead person going from here to the land of the living. What is the meaning of that? God is saying, I have sent my prophets there day and night to give you the word, to give you the way, the truth and the life, which is God Almighty, to show you the way of the Lord, to bring healing to you, to bring deliverance to you, do the miracles and whatever you need. I have God ordained the means here on earth, God says. I have places and people that I have anointed and put there so that you can be blessed. You can be blessed. You can be blessed. However, there are people who say, that, well, how do you know that's of God? Why should I go only there? Why can't I stay where I am? Or why can I go to somewhere that is just five minutes away? Well, you can go. You can go. You can go to the synagogue that's five minutes away. You can go to the synagogue that, you know, does plays and dramas and, and all kinds of 
uh, clowning around and barbecues and and uh, tickets and you know let's go here and let's go there and let's play around and and you can just have entertainment but entertainment is not going to heal you if the power of god is not present there to heal like it was in the new testament church at that point we play church if the power of God is not present to heal and to deliver, at that point, we play church because God is not in there. If God is in our midst and God is there to heal, deliver and save his people because God is never an impotent God who comes Sunday after Sunday and he says, oh, you said two or three gathered in my name. I'll be there. I'm here. But you know what? Nobody gets healed. Nobody gets delivered. Nobody gets saved. And people come the same way. They come with chains. They go out with chains. They come with chains. They go somehow with the chains. They throw how they know how to throw some money in the offering box and the, the pastor's happy. The people are happy because, you know, you get deceived. I deceive you. We all deceive each other and we all have chains from the pastor and the, from the pulpit to the congregation they all come with chains and go home with chains and they're all saying oh what a mighty god we have and they all come and read the psalms and they all play music with chains they play music and worship and you know do all kinds of things with chains and with chains they go home with all kinds of addiction the cursing person is continuing to curse the person who's depressed is continuing to be depressed the person who has anxiety continues to be in anxiety the person who has whatever sickness continues to live in that same lifestyle there's nothing take, taking place except more activities, more and more activities, and more things over here. What are those things? Those things are just the cover-up for the leprosy that is underneath. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If you have to uncover all those activities, what is going to be seen behind that? What is going to be seen behind that? Life or death? What is going to be seen behind the covering of all those activities? You can wear a nice long sleeve shirt and cover all your eczema on the inside. But you know what? The itch is going to be still there on top of that you'll be scratching. It's going to be sores inside and bleeding on the inside. And after some time, you won't be even able to cover this. How long will the covering last? Isn't it time to take the covering off and go to the presence of God and say, God, heal me. I'm tired of what I have upon me. God wants to heal. God wants to deliver. God wants to save. But God is looking for integrity, number one. Number two, God is looking for humility. Number three, God is looking for faith. Write this down. God is looking for integrity, number one. Integrity in what? Integrity to come to a place of realization that I need healing. I have a problem. I have a problem and I need a solution. That's number one, integrity. You know that people will say, I'm fine. I'm fine. I recently met someone and, um, and I heard, um, someone introduce that someone to me and they said, um, I think you have some problem, right? Do you need prayer? Oh, no, no. I don't need prayer. God is already working. I thought to myself, Oh, you missed a big opportunity. Self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency is a manifestation of pride, be it spiritual or carnal. Spiritually self-sufficient is a manifestation of spiritual pride. Carnally self-sufficient saying that I don't need anybody's help and I'm fine. And, you know, even if everybody knows that you need help, it's I'm fine. I don't need anybody's help. I can sustain myself. It's pride. I don't need anybody's prayer. I pray for myself and I know how to pray and I'm good at praying and I don't need your prayer is spiritual pride. Bottom line is pride. Pride is pride. Spiritual pride is more deadly. It's more deadly. And when a person has that, you block yourself or he himself blocks himself. She herself blocks herself from God doing anything because God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So, the first step is integrity. Well, I come to a place of realization that I am in need. We saw this on Sunday too. We come to a place of understanding that I need help. I need his blessings. I need the blesser and I have to get something from him. That's the first level where you come clean with your problems. 
that you don't hide behind something and put on a show saying that, oh, glory, hallelujah, I have everything when you don't have everything. Oh, glory, hallelujah, I have everything together when you don't have everything together. In fact, there's a big mess all around. God is speaking to our hearts today. Be real. Be real. If you really want to thrive in life, the first step is becoming real. Become re- becoming real with God and becoming real with man. Where help is available, you go and don't go to a doctor and lie and say that, well, doctor, I'm so healthy and I'm so fine. Why even go to the doctor? To impress the doctor, the doctor doesn't have time for you for that. The doctor is there to treat the patients. You don't go to the house of God and say, like the Pharisees' prayer that Jesus said in the synagogue. The sinner went and the Pharisees went. Both went to the temple. And what did they say? The sinner said, oh, God, I am a wretched person. Lord, forgive me. Oh, I can't even lift my head up. I am very, very much filled with guilt. I need your forgiveness. Forgive me. And he went home justified, the Bible says, because he came. He did not play holy. He came over there and he came open and he knew what he needed. And he said, I want this. And God says, take it. I want to give you because you humbled yourself. Now you see the other person who comes there and say, oh, I have everything together. They come to the house of God just to show that they have everything together. And they go back empty. Not being justified because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So the first thing is, first requirement is integrity. Come to the place of truth. Truth is something that God will look for. When you have truth, then you have the power of God come to you. Power of God will not touch lies. The power of God will not touch pride. The power of God will not rest on uncleanness. We have to come to a place of surrender where we say, Oh, Lord God Almighty, I need your help. I am broken on the inside. Lord, I am damaged on the inside. Oh, Lord, I need to be built. I need to be rebuilt or whatever you need. You need to come to a place of understanding that you have a need. That's the first place to start. Secondly, humility that you need to have. When you go to God, you understand that you have a need. Now you need to go. You know how to beg. You know how to beg. You know how to ask. You need to be good at that. You need to have humility in order to go and ask, oh, please, Father, give it to me. Lord, I need it. Please, Lord, give it to me. We need to pray prayers that will show God that we are in need. We need to go to God and say, Lord, give it to me. Now, from the place of integrity to the place of humility, there's something that is there in the middle, which is faith. Faith links integrity and faith links humility. If I really believe that this God is watching me and this God is capable of helping me, you know what? I will come clean before him. If... I believe that this God is watching me and this God is capable of helping me. Then I'm going to humble myself and ask from him. So faith links integrity and it links humility. If you don't have faith, then you'll have problem with integrity and you'll have problems with humility. So when you see the manifestation of pride, it actually shows that you don't have faith in God. When you see a manifestation of self-sufficiency, it actually shows that you have unbelief in God. True faith will produce true integrity and true humility. Faith, true faith will produce true integrity and true humility. When these two things are there, attached to faith, then what happens? It becomes a good base a good base for miracles to take place where the anointing of God can just touch it and do wonders in your life. Now, I want to just take you to a few more verses before we finish for tonight. Then behold, men brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom Jesus sought to bring in, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. So what are they doing? The friends of this paralyzed man, they bring this person to Jesus and they want him to bring him and lay before him because they know if I can bring him and put 
this man before him. This compassionate God will do something about this man. So here we see these people brought this man to Jesus Christ. Who? The friends of this man. This man is paralyzed. He's not able to do anything. He can't move. He wants to get healed, obviously. His friends saw his desire to get healed. He's not somebody who said, well, pray for me that I die. No. He wanted to get healed. He's been paralyzed for a long time. We don't know how long. And his friends, they heard what Jesus did. And they realized the condition, the severity of this man's sickness. They're saying, we must take him to Jesus. Jesus can heal his sickness. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. No matter how severe your condition may be, no matter how severe your disease may be, no matter how severe your disorder may be, if you have faith that God can meet you, if you meet with him, if you have faith that God can touch you, if you go to where he is, then he will touch you. He will make you whole. He will do the miracle that God alone can do for those who look to him. So these people, even though the sickness was big, even though the condition was severe, even though it's paralysis and there's no way of this man getting up, they had this faith that if we can take this man to Jesus, Jesus can heal him. It's faith, great faith. The condition didn't pull them from believing in the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes the longer you look at a problem, the more unbelief will set in. These people who saw this man saw Jesus Christ more than they saw the sickness. In their minds, this will happen. This can happen. We just need to make it. Once we make it, this will happen. They were settled on that. Because of that, they said, we're going to take this man. To where? To where the power of the Lord is present to heal. Take him, take him, take him. Take him where? Take him to where the power of the Lord is present to heal. So that brings us to, so we see the condition of the people, where the condition of the people is, they need to have integrity. They need to have faith. They need to have humility. So they need to have faith that will produce integrity and that will produce humility. And without this, there's no healing that will take place. So faith, integrity, and humility together, three, like a sandwich, is essential when we go to God to receive our healings. That's our part. Now, on the other part, this is like the the gadget. You need to have everything that you need to have in that gadget in order for this gadget to work. But you need that connection there. You need that power there. If that power of the Lord is not there, I can have humility, I can have integrity, I can have faith. You know how many people have died believing because they didn't come in contact with the anointing of God. The anointing is essential because the anointing breaks the yoke. If the anointing is not present there, I can go with faith week after week after week and come back the same way. But the anointing of God, when it makes contact with this sandwich that is here, which is integrity, humility, and faith, it is bound to do something big that God has designed for it to accomplish. So the power of the Lord present to heal must be there. It's not an automatic thing. Even though Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together, he'll be there. But is he there as a mighty deliverer? Is he there as a mighty healer? Is he there as a mighty bondage breaker? If he is there, then bondages will break. If he is there, healings will take place. If he is there, sicknesses will flee. If he is there, he will speak. If he is there, signs and wonders will take place. If he is there, everyone will know that he is there. You don't need to announce, hey, Jesus is here. Hey, Jesus, if Jesus is here, all these things will happen. And those who get healed, they'll go and tell others. And they all bring people to where Jesus is. Are you doing that? You need to be doing that. If you have received something from God, you need to go and tell others. Because someone told the friends of this man, their faith was stimulated. And they said, we're going to take this man to Jesus. 
it's important to tell the world what God has done for you so that others can come to Jesus and get healed. It is important for you to go and publish what great things Jesus has done for you. Where? Right here in Port Jervis. We need to go and tell people, come to my church. The power of the Lord is present to heal. Come here and see. The Samaritan woman did this. She did that. She said, come and see, come and see, come and see. Could this be the Messiah? Come and see. Could this be the Messiah? Come and see. Could this be the Messiah? You know what she did? She gathered her entire village over there. She went and said, come and see, come and see. The way she said it, because she had an encounter with the Messiah. Something from the Messiah went inside of her. It's bubbling from her. And when she goes and tells people, they say, this doesn't look like the same woman. She is different. So when she says, let's go and see. God is looking for living witnesses. Not somebody who will just talk and 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 talk with no substance. God is looking for people who really have encountered Jesus, who really have the change that when you talk, others will notice the change. And when they notice the change, they will be drawn to the Savior. And when they're drawn to the Savior, when they have an encounter with the Savior, what happens as a result? They become believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a chain reaction. And it takes place. Beginning with you. Beginning with you. God is speaking to our hearts of the hour. Did you have an encounter with the Messiah? Did you have an encounter with God? Have you received something from God? Are you like the Samaritan woman just going telling everyone, oh, come and see, come and see, come and see, come and see. We can do that. We can come and do that. We can go around and call people, come and see, 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 and bring them all so they can come and see. Bring them where? Bring them where the power of the Lord is present. Bring them to the house of God where God is present. Bring them to the place where God is healing and delivering people. And you will see what God will do for all of them. Because what he did for you, he can do for them. What he did for that person, he can do for them. What he did for this person, he can do for them. What he did for all of these people, he can do for all of those people. More people will come to the Messiah. More people will come to the Lord Jesus Christ. More people will come to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is going to come back in glory. More people. So, these people were informed by others who were healed that Jesus has the power to heal all manner of illnesses, including this paralysis. So having heard that, their faith has been increased, heightened, that they believe that in spite of this man's sickness, we can get this man whole by taking him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what they did. So they took this man because they heard that, oh, the power of the Lord is present there to heal. So we need to have faith. We need to have integrity. We need to have humility if we want miracles from God. That means you need to be real and you need to be flat on the floor, prostrate before God. And you, you need to ask him, oh God, heal me, knowing that he can heal me. You need to do that. In order for what you're saying to really bear fruit, you need to have the power of God to be there to heal. If the power of God is not present to heal, if God Almighty is not there, if God, the healer, Jehovah Rapha is not there to heal. And you can cry all you want day and night and say, I have faith. I can go and touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, but Jesus has to be there. His garment has to be there in order for you to touch it. So the place matters. And sometimes people say, I can sit home, I can sit at home, and I can, you know, pray over here where I am, and where I am, God will somehow visit me. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes he hears our cries and he does it. But for things that really need big breakthroughs and big healings, don't dupe yourself. Unless you know that you have the anointing of God all over you, just it's just 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 overflowing all over, and everybody knows that every time they come around you, they get healed. Don't deceive yourself. Go to the place where God is working. When you know the anointing of God is working and God has placed, ordained his servants there, given them what they need to give to you, and you know that they have it, go to them so that you can be blessed. Don't let pride stop you because that's not from God. That's Satan stopping you from your own blessing. 
Don't let insincerity stop you. Don't try to save face and look good. In the meantime, you're going to be hurting yourself because the more you try to cover up, you're leprosy on the inside. The more you try to save face and try to make yourself look good, the more damage you're going to get on the inside. You're going to cause more and more and more damage to yourself. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Be real. Be real. If you want God to give a breakthrough, you must be real. It's important. So, understanding how God works. God keeps his God-ordained, God-ordained means in a place. Where God says, I have anointed so-and-so and I placed them here to do my work. And I'm going to move through them because they have paid the price and they've answered the call and I've broken them and I've molded them and I've filled them and I've placed them now. And God has his vessels there in each places throughout the world. In different parts of the world, God has people who are anointed and appointed by God bearing the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. Not just the gifts of the spirit. It has to be accompanied with fruit of the spirit because even Satan can do miracles. Not genuine ones. So, when God has his God-ordained means there, it is our job, if we want to get healed, to humble ourselves and to be real, to not lie, but to be true to what is going on, to understand the condition, to understand the need, and to go and receive our healings. This is where you see the paralyzed man. He really had a problem. And then you see his friend's who really knew the solution for the problem. And now they are going to take him to the place where he can get healed. Place is very important. If you neglect the place and if you neglect the source through which God's anointing is flowing, then you block yourself from the channel that God has for you. And God says, I kept that person there. I kept that church there for you to get healed. But you're not going there. And then why are you crying out all the time? My toe hurts, my pinky hurts, my nose hurts, my head hurts. And my this hurts and I'm not well, I'm not well, I'm not well. You don't make use of what God has given. And then complain from morning to night and cry, oh Lord, I'm trusting in you. I think I'm suffering because I'm suffering for your sake. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a big, fat lie. God is speaking to the hearts of Zara. Do what you should do. Don't neglect what you should do. And then ask God, why God? Why me? Why God? Why me? God will say, I didn't mean for you to stay this way. I have provided the source for you and I provided my house for you. Get up and go there. Hannah knew how to go to the temple. Yes. The lepers and lepers knew how to go to Jesus. Oh, yes. This paralyzed man, his friends, they knew how to take him to Jesus. Oh, yes. There are lots of parents who will come and say, oh, my daughter needs to get well. Oh, my son needs to get well. Oh, my husband needs to get well. But you know what? They won't come to church. They won't come to the real place, the temple of God, where God is working. They will not. Pastor, can you call me and pray for me? Oh, really? Jesus didn't do that, by the way. Everybody had to go to where he was. God will not entertain any kind of a cunning, crafty, lazy person who tries to exploit Jesus Christ and his anointing. It doesn't work that way. You need to come to where God is. You need to come to hear his word. You need to come for who he is. And he will see if you are eligible for his gift, which is healing that came from his stripes that he bore on the cross for you. God won't entertain scammers. God is there for people who are real, who are genuine, who are really looking for real healing. You know, some people who like to stay sick. And even if God offers healing, they'll say, I don't want to get healed. I want to stay the same way because I want to all the time cry wolf. And all the time I want to say, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. And I want everybody to ask, oh, you're sick, oh, you're sick, oh, you're sick. I want everybody to feel sorry for me. That's the spirit itself. That's the demonic spirit. Where people, some people want to stay sick because they want attention from others. It's very demonic. It's sick in itself. May God have mercy. The sick, they need to be made whole because it's an oppression of the enemy. It's a stronghold of the enemy that needs to be broken. So you need to get to the place of God where God is working. You know, the reason why I'm saying is we tried. And we try. Are you trying? How much are you trying? 
When we try and we do what God tells us to do, then he meets us. When death comes to our door, he meets us and he drives death out. Are you trying? Are you trying? The, the paralyzed man and the people who were with him, his friends, they had faith and they tried. God gave them the freedom to be able to carry him and bring him to where Jesus was. When they brought him to where Jesus was, Jesus sees what is happening. Because one hindrance after another hindrance after another hindrance. And they're passing through all of these things and they hit this last hindrance where they say, Oh boy, we can't go inside now. We can't go inside now. Once you know we can't go inside now, the easiest thing to do is, well, let's just go back. We don't want to look like a clown here and we came here. Well, won't Jesus come here another time? You know, there are people like that. Well, I can just sit home and watch live streaming. Well, well, I'll come next Sunday. Well, what he did this Sunday will not be a repeat, will not be repeated next week. So what you missed is missed. It's important to know that what God does each week is different. If we are casual towards the house of God and say, well, I missed it this week. I'll try next week. And you keep trying. What God want to give you, he took it with him. It's not going to come back again. These people did not let their hindrances overtake them. They didn't. Instead, they did everything to cross over the hindrance. And God also helped them in that. See, when you have the will to do what you need to do in order to receive what God has for you, heaven will be on your side to help you. God will be on your side to help you achieve that. So, the men, you see here, verse 18, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, who they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. I want to stop right here for a minute. These people who had faith, not only faith, endurance, not only faith, perseverance, not only faith, the faith was not just, okay, I see he can do it, but, you know, we'll come another day. No. The faith was, now. We're not going back without seeing him made whole. That means, no matter what happens, we're not going back without having Jesus see him today. That's it. No matter how long it takes, we're going to just do whatever we need to do in order to take this man and just put it right before Jesus. Once we do that, that's over. Our part is over. And I know that once we put him in front of Jesus, Jesus will do something about it. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. We need to understand that our God is a compassionate God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a compassionate God. And when he sees people who are in need placed before him, he will do something about it. Take your parents to God in prayer. Take your spouse to God in prayer. Take your children to God in prayer. Take your siblings to God in prayer. Pray. Pray and persevere in prayer. Show up where God is working. You show up where God is working. You carry them and you show up where God is working. You carry them with you. You know, a lot of people say, well, my daughter is sick or my daughter has this or my son has this and my husband has this. They are not coming, so I'm not coming. So stay home. They say sick, sick, and then you stay sick too. Somebody has to be in the presence of God so that you can get the blessing for them so that they can also be blessed and they can come and they will come eventually. Get rid of excuses. Get rid of lame excuses. You have to come to a point where you say that I'm going to shape up. Important. I'm going to shape up so that I can become that vessel that will be filled with whatever God has for me. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. These people are people of faith and people of character. That means their faith looked beyond whatever they saw. And their faith to push them to getting to where Jesus was in spite of all the hindrances. They were not people of excuses. 
They said, we will take him, period. That's it. Guess what? They took him. So the hindrances that were there with the crowd and all those things couldn't stop them from getting in. They could have said, oh, this is somebody else's roof. I touched that roof. That guy is going to get upset. And Jesus is going to say, what's wrong with you? Why did you do that to his property? And there are people who think all these things. Satan could have brought all those thoughts and you didn't but say, I don't care. I want this guy to get well. You need to be someone like that. No matter what hindrance comes your way, you have to say, I don't care. I'm not going to let the hindrance stop me. I'm going to go to God and get what God has for me. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Is your faith strong enough to push through every barrier that is there? Or you just talk about faith and say, glory, hallelujah, I have faith. If you have faith, God will see it. When he saw their faith, verse 20, very important. Who saw their faith? Jesus saw their faith. Faith acts. Faith shows itself in action. Faith is visible. So when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, man, your sins are forgiven you. Why is he saying that? Because there's a connection between his sins and his sickness. If God forgives a sin, then his sickness will get healed. It's like Sunday. There is a connection between the generational curse, curses, and many people's unemployment problem, many people's sicknesses and many people's dissatisfaction and marriage problems and uh, addiction problems and all those things and many times are connected to generational curses so if the generational curses are broken then all these things will fall off so what did the lord do last sunday he had a service for that we didn't know that we didn't know that that's what's going to happen no God came through in a powerful way and God did what God had to do. So the package that God had that day to distribute to his people, he gave it. Every week he comes with a new package. Our God never comes with the same package every day and say, hey, this is Sunday menu. And you automatically know what the menu is. Every Sunday, same menu. No. When a package comes from heaven, it's a unique package. It cannot be duplicated the next week or even the next year. No. Every week it is brand new, fresh from heaven. This is where God is, and that's why this is what is happening in our church. You all know that we're coming here regularly. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. What is God seeing here? Faith. What was God looking for? See, there were lots and lots of people there. He's seeing this man, and he's seeing the people there. And what did he see? He saw faith. Your children can be far away. Your spouse may not be in a place to understand God at this point. But your faith can move God to move mountains. If you connect yourself with the anointing of God that is released during our services. Because the power of the Lord is present to heal and to deliver. What God is doing during a service, you can be there. As a conduit to receive what God has on behalf of your family. If you come to the presence of God and say, I'll touch the hem of the garment for someone else. You can be that person. When you come sincerely by faith and you come there, God will see your faith and he will touch your loved ones. It's a prophecy God is giving at this hour. You come to where God is faithfully. God will do a miracle in the lives of your family members, in the lives of your loved ones. If you come there to receive for them, you say, Lord, I'm bringing my husband in prayer before you. I'm bringing my mother in prayer before you. I'm bringing my father in prayer before you. I'm bringing my son in prayer before you. I'm bringing my daughter in prayer before you. Or I'm bringing my grandson or granddaughter or friend or, you know, whoever it is, your wife or whoever it is, I'm bringing them before you and I'm bringing them while the power of God is coming from the pulpit, from the servant of God who's releasing it, you need to be able to get in touch with it by faith for your loved ones. And the God who sees your faith, he will touch your loved ones. You don't see the man here. You see 
the men here who brought him. Jesus is saying the faith of the men who brought the man. And now he's talking to the man. This is how God works. In a place where the person who is not able to function, who is not able to participate, who is not able to touch Jesus, who is not able to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. God looks for the faith of those who will bring him to him. Are you that person who can bring your loved ones to Jesus? Bring yourself to Jesus first and then your loved ones to Jesus. When you come there, when God sees faith in you, he will do a miracle in the lives of your loved ones. He will do what he has to do. He will deal with their sins. He will deal with their sicknesses. He will deal with whatever he has to deal with them. He knows it all. See, these people didn't come and say, Lord, he has been paralyzed for this long. And, and you know what? We heard from this person all about you. And, and we believe that you can heal. And can you please, you know, do something for him? By the way, he's been a very good person. Oh, no, no. Jesus knows it all. He knew as soon as he saw them and saw him, that his sickness was linked to his sin. And he's speaking to that man. Man, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. Once he proclaims that, his sin that has caused the sickness is removed. Then the sickness also. See, the cause for the sickness is removed. The sickness will be removed too. So he's dealing with the root of the problem. And he says, I'm going to remove the root of this problem. He goes to the root of the problem. And he's removing that away. When? When he saw the faith of his friends. That's how powerful it is. Intercession is very powerful. When you come and stand in the gap on behalf of your family, on behalf of your friends, on behalf of your loved ones, God who sees your faith, the God who sees your faith, will honor your faith and he'll move to them. And he will deal with them. He will do what is necessary in order to set things straight. This brings us down to the importance of being where you should be in order for you to be touched by God so that your family can be touched by God through you. We have several people here who will testify how they came alone and then how God touched their families. Many will testify. And that's the reason I tell people, you can give 10,000 excuses and stay the way you are. Or get rid of all the excuses and do what you can do in your power. To be where God is working. To be where the anointing of God is released. To be in the house of God. So that God can see you. Because he comes there every week. To be in a Tuesday Bible study. So that God can see you. To be where the spirit of God is working. Where the anointing of God is released. Especially on Sunday services. So that you can become partaker of what God has for you. And your family can be blessed as a result of that. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this hour. A prayer that you gave. You caused us to draw into your presence. To come before you, Lord, as your people, to seek your holy face, to hear from you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, you, Jesus, the all-powerful God the Almighty God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Ancient of Days. I praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to your people at this hour. Father, I know that you have spoken. Lord, I know that you have spoken in an unmistakable manner, Father. I pray that this word that you've released, O Lord, bring forth the works of God in and through your people. 
that you people may continue to meditate on what you have spoken. That they may be where God is, so they can receive what God has, and thereby live a life of total freedom. So that God can be glorified, just as how God was glorified, and fear of God fell upon the people here. In this chapter that we read, Luke chapter 5. As a result of this man's healing, he went glorifying God. The people glorified God and the fear of the Lord fell upon the people. I pray that you'll bring all those who need to be in the presence of God to the house of God so that they can meet with you, O Jesus. So that they can receive what you have for them, O Lord. That they can go home, Father. Rejoicing and praising, glorifying you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. That all those around them may glorify you as a result of what you'll do in their lives, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Continue to bless your people. Be this word that you've given to them. Be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. So that your people may walk in the light as you're in the light. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful deeds of darkness. But have true fellowship with the people of God. That each one may appear before you. Without a spot or a wrinkle. With this blessing I bless your people with. And to you I give all glory, honor and praise. In Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.